Hello and welcome to another episode of the Gem City Gridiron Roundup. We're going to start with news and notes from the games. I have to be honest, I only watched two. For one, work happened. During the Steelers-Patriots game, I watched the first half. Once it was a blowout, I shut it off. Tried watching the Broncos-Raiders game last night. Fell asleep on my couch. Sorry, guys. But I became informed earlier this morning, while all of you were sleeping, I was researching what happened in the weekend's games, watching the highlights. Thank you, YouTube. Let's get to news and notes. I'm going to skip past the Antonio Clown news. We're all caught up there. Gardner Minshew is now the starting quarterback for the Jaguars after Nick Foles broke his collarbone and was placed on eight weeks of injured reserve. Tyreek Hill dislocated his collarbone at the sternum. That sounds like some miserable pain. Just feeling my collarbone, which I broke as a child, thinking of that dislocating from the chest cavity scares the shit out of me. Joe Mixon sprained his ankle at the moment he's considered day-to-day. Darius Geis sprained his right knee, and he won't require surgery, but he should miss a few weeks. Tevin Coleman also sprained his ankle, and he's expected to be out a couple of weeks. Devin Funches also broke his collarbone, is on injured reserve. Juju injured his toe. They did x-rays, came back negative. He's not expected to miss any time. Sterling Shepard suffered a concussion and must clear protocol before he can return. Late news coming in. Mike Williams left Sunday's game with a knee injury. Uh, Check your sources later this week for updates. At this time, I have no information on the subject. Let's go to the first game to start off the 100th season of the NFL. And while I was drunk and watching this game, I took a couple notes. First one, painkillers are great. Not talking about the drug or the medication. Talking about a drink. Look up How to Drink Painkillers on YouTube. Channel called How to Drink. Episodes called Painkillers. You're welcome. They are delicious. My next note. (laughs) What a punt fest. I don't even know how many punts there were. It was ridiculous. Is the Packers' defense better than it was last year, or is the Bears' offense just that inefficient? I know that Trubisky did not play a down in the preseason, and if you look at the rest of the weekend's games, each quarterback that didn't play in the preseason took some time to gain their efficiency back. Hopefully for owners of Bears and Packers players, They get a better indication in week two what they should expect for the week. And the Packers won. 10-3. This is a game I had to catch up. Highlights. Ravens-Dolphins. Glad I didn't watch it live. The Ravens office looks explosive. Now, I'm curious whether or not they can do that when they're not playing against an AAF team. Miami might as well trade their stud secondary, too. They are not going to use them this year. They might as well get some picks back for them. They can't be happy with the playing that's going on. Xavier Howard got that big deal. I'm sure he could be used somewhere else more effectively. And they would have looked better, the secondary, that is, if the Mickey Mouse Club wasn't rushing the passer. Chiefs-Jaguars. What in the Sammy Hill is going on? What if Sammy Watkins became the receiver he was meant to be coming out of Clemson on this offense? If he could do that, he might just be one of the best wide receivers this year. Uh, Which one of these Jaguars receivers is for real? Chris Conley, 
D.D. Westbrook, D.J. Chark. Seems every year they have receivers that put up good numbers that you wouldn't expect. Chiefs won that one. Falcons versus the Vikings. I watched parts of this game at work. Give me the Vikings in the playoffs. They might be a post-hype team that's putting on a show. They've got a great defense. As long as Dalvin Cook stays healthy, they're going to look really good in the running game. Kirk Cousins look good. They've got a lot of weapons, guys. This is a good team, and I'll take them in the playoffs. Now, whether or not the Falcons are going to be good this year, it does not matter for fantasy purposes. That became clear. Bills, Jets. John Brown is just playing a good player. And Cousin Josh slash Josh Stallion, Josh Allen, whatever you want to call him, he comes back to win it in the clutch fashion. Knocking off the Jets in the final 18 minutes of the game. And Devin Singletary looks really good. Hopefully they can give him some more touches. I know Frank Gore is still there. Singletary looks good. And the Jets are going to give Le'Veon the ball a million times this year. Make no doubt about that. He had a productive fantasy day, and I expect that will continue. I was a hater on Le'Veon Bell, but they're just going to feed him the rock like nobody's business. And I also thought Darnold looked sharp. Obviously, I was just going off of highlights when I watched this, but he didn't get much help. There was a lot of drop balls. There was a lot of pressure in his face. Who knows? And Jamison Crowder might break the reception record without having 1,000 yards. On Sunday, he had 14 catches for 99 yards. It was one of the most wild stat lines that I think I've ever seen. Browns versus Titans. I don't think Corey Davis will ever pan out. I am very glad he was not on my draft board. He was targeted twice and had one catch. My God. First round pick. And when the Titans play well, Henry is a must-start. The only problem is it's going to be hard to tell when they're going to play well. Who knows? And Cleveland needs more discipline. They had somewhere in the neighborhood of 140 yards and penalties on Sunday. That is just disgusting. If I was that coach, I would be throwing a massive fit in the locker room following this game. But they were good for fantasy. Expect better play all around next week. And if I'm wrong, then most of America's wrong. And it'd just be another Browns team. So I guess that's not a terrible thing. Redskins versus Eagles. Is Deshaun Jackson a rookie again? He looks like he hasn't missed a step. Brings back vivid memories of his rookie season when he's streaking across the field. And then he dumps the ball behind him playing the Cowboys right before he reaches the end zone. Although this time, he scored. The Eagles took the preseason off as well as the first half of this game. They were letting the Redskins run rampant all over them, and they couldn't figure anything out on offense. I also believe the Redskins will win some games this year. I know I mentioned that earlier, jokingly speaking on the Raiders. And Terry McLaurin is the number one wide receiver. That became very clear in this game. Anyway, the Eagles come back and handle business. Rams-Panthers. Christian McCaffrey is an animal. He's coming for that two-year-in-a-row number one fantasy player in all of the land. And Cam Newton played like garbage. One of the worst fantasy numbers I think I've ever seen for a quarterback, especially one that's so highly touted. The Rams were slow out the gate, still as dominant as they are last year. It's going to be an exciting game next week against New Orleans. Another track meet eminent. Colts, Chargers, an overtime thriller. There were two such games on Sunday. I believe Trent Richardson could have run the holes through the holes the Chargers opened up on Sunday. Their running game was out of control, and they appear to be a great offense. On the Colts' side, Marlon Mack is a stud. We thought that Naheem Hines might cut into his work, like in previous years, 
That doesn't really seem to be the case. I wish Marlon Mack would have fell to me. Graybeard Vinatieri missed multiple kicks, which is pretty wild. He's normally money. I just noticed that on the highlights, thought I'd add it in. Chargers take it. Bengals Seahawks. Is John Ross for real? For another first-round pick wide receiver. We've been waiting for him to pan out. And unlike the Dolphins, the Bengals are an NFL team. They'll take some wins this year. DK Metcalf had a binky mouth guard. This is one of the most funny, one of the most hilarious things I've ever seen. That's why it's the thumbnail for this podcast. Check out the picture. It is funny. Now, should Tyler Lockett owners be concerned? He had one catch for 50 yards in the fourth quarter, and he only had two targets on the day. A lot of hype going on him this year. He was a number one wide receiver last year. It's going to be interesting to find out what happens. Cowboys-Giants. Evan Ingram and Saquon are obvious must-starts. They put up huge numbers. They're the only ones worth targeting in that offense, and the Giants are bad. Dak looked dialed in. He wants that contract. It's very apparent. I hope they keep dangling that carrot. Expect Zeke to get more work in the coming weeks. They honestly didn't need him this week, so he got a small workload, still put up around 13 fantasy points. 49ers, Buccaneers. Now, this was a very ugly game. I had to turn the highlights off at halftime because I already had already developed my notes from what I saw. Jameis played really bad. I'm curious, was Mike, Evan, Mike Evans' sickness related to seafood? Might explain why old crab legs had a poor performance. And I don't know what to think of the 49ers. They won. Whatever. Lions, Cardinals. Does anyone like a tie? Kyler Murray came on in the second half to force it to overtime. And still ended in a tie. David Johnson is just plain good. And Kyler Murray is visibly smaller than everyone else. It is shocking. The Lions fans continue to be tormented. They had this game put away. They let Arizona climb right back into it, and then it became a tie. I have a question. Does TJ Hawkinson continue to be a tight end one? That was a great performance. I'm unsure whether or not to trust him. He is a rookie. Rookie tight ends don't do that great typically. And Danny Amendola just looks like a lion, like he's always been there. I was watching this highlight. I actually watched the full one of this. I don't know why. Why did the Cardinals punt on 4th and 7? You're going to be bad this year. Why not just go for the win? There was two minutes left or under in this game. I can't exactly recall. And they kicked it. They punted it. Back to the Lions. Lions obviously couldn't do anything. It's just a wild decision to be made by Kingsbury. Steelers-Patriots. Like I said, I turned this one off at halftime. My God, are the Patriots dominant. They just fooled the, the Steelers. The Steelers looked so bad. It was embarrassing. The Steelers looked out of sync. But I think we need to give it one more week before we throw out Steelers. They'll probably be just fine when they play anyone but the Patriots. I did watch this full game, and my God, am I glad. Saints... Texans, one of the most exciting games I've watched in a while. I had some notes for this game. An early note was, was Drew Brees' best pass of the night to the line judge. This happened after he was flushed out of the pocket. He threw it to the line judge to escape a sack. I obviously was very wrong early in the game by making that notation as he was dropping dimes late in this game. It's very clear to Sean Jackson, excuse me, Deshaun Watson is still going to get killed this year. The offensive line was improved, but not immensely. And Taysom Hill scored more fantasy points than Cam Newton and Jameis Winston. Maybe we need to put him on our bench. And should DeAndre Hopkins have gotten a flag for that tackle? Is it too gingerfied now, or was that a legit call? 
I also noted that there have been fewer than 30 guys with non-fitted sleeves. There has got to be fewer than 30 guys with non-fitted sleeves left. I noticed this after looking at the Saints punter. Is it going to follow the single bar face mask and just become extinct here in the next couple of years? And who's dumber? Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who committed the foul, the penalty, on that field goal, or Leon Lett. <laughs> that was terrible. Or the extra point, I mean. Excuse me. Now let's bring it to the Broncos and Raiders. I apologize, guys. I meant to watch this, but I fell asleep. Now, the Raiders are going to run Josh Jacobs 20 times a game. Hello, Belcal. Speaking on the unfitted sleeves earlier, for nostalgia's sake, are you going to be sad to see the baseball field football game go? I know I won't. I can't imagine being tackled onto that dirt. As someone who played football briefly... Doesn't sound that fun. Now, Emmanuel Sanders is still great and amazingly healthy. It also doesn't matter how good your defense is if your offense doesn't spend any time on the field. The Broncos learned that last night. Now, let's get into the fantasy matchups. I'm going to take a, a gulp, and then we're going to get into that. Now, I lost to Matthew. It wasn't close. It's week one. We're on the dark horse. Cody Blaster Englert is determined to not sit on the toilet seat again next season. He puts up a week high 202.32 points against Dark Horse, who scored the obvious week low at 78. Point eight four points. Sorry for picking up Big Ben, Dark Horse. I bet you Blaster wishes he saved this performance for later in the season. Blaster was an obvious candidate for an interview this week. Patrick takes out Cole, despite a goose egg from Kyle Rudolph, and the worst performance of the week, in my opinion, at a killer cam. Hilarious enough. All three of Patrick's tight ends combined for zero points. Call me for a trade, brother. Luke puts his money where his mouth is and molly wops our two-time champ. He then doubles down with called shots directed at DJ Love Taxi himself, Bill Cladaris, for next week. Expect Cody to bounce back as he always does. Bill ekes out a win over the brink. I'm sure if he was watching the Raiders-Broncos game, he was sweating the whole time. Let's be honest, I doubt he was paying attention, irregardless. And lastly, Big Mike scores 60 on Monday night to take out the commish. Zach has to be upset. Well, with that, let's make Big Mike the interview for this week. Here he is, Big Mike Gardner. Well, Big Mike, thank you for taking this interview with me. You definitely earned it this week. Absolutely, you only had about sixty points going into Monday night, which is a little stressful. I can I can assume. Yeah, you know when when you lose your uh, when your top receivers right off the bat, kind of uh, puts a damper on the whole watching the rest of the days there. Right. Now, first question: How old is your beard? My beard is almost a year. You almost have the yeard. I do. I shaved my shaved my face and head about ten months ago. They're finally starting to grow back. Was there a specific motivation behind this, or? Um. Yeah. One of my one of my coworkers had uh, diagnosed with breast cancer. So we all uh, we all shaved our heads and everything, and I decided that I was just going to go for it all. Head and beard, so it's very admirable. What does your employer think of your current facial hair and 
head hair uh, fashion. They don't mind too much, actually. Really? Yeah. yeah, they're all for it. As long as you, as long as you kind of wear nice clothes, they're they're pretty cool with everything down there. Because um, I'm a rural carrier, I'm not actually a city carrier. Oh, okay. So we we don't have uh we don't have strict rules like the city side does. Oh. Now, what high school did you go to, Big Mike? Uh, Laramie High School. Did you go to Laramie High School? I did. So, before I started asking you these questions, you had mentioned that you were born in Rollins, Wyoming, then you went to Casper, Wyoming for a little while, and then what was the in-between on the way to Laramie? Um, just Casper to Laramie right away. When I, when I was 11, we moved here to play baseball. For uh, They had a better Little League system, and... Uh, better developmental until college. So, so a lot of your life has revolved around sports, it sounds like. It has. It has. Now, what's your favorite NFL team? Minnesota Vikings. Really? Why the Vikings? Uh, well, I started out as a Cowboy fan because of my dad. And then Randy Moss showed up. And I was like, I really like that guy, so I'm going to switch teams and. Probably not the best decision because it's been pure heartbreak for about 15 years now. So, <laughs> got that going for me. A sea of heartbreak, maybe even. Yeah. That's a Merle Haggard reference. Anyway, um, that's shocking you would say Randy Moss uh, because Herschel Walker was a famous cowboy turned Viking, although he was better for the Cowboys than he was the Vikings, I suppose. That is true. That is true. I wasn't wasn't a fan back when that trade happened, but you know, now reading about it, I'm not happy about it. <laughs> zero, like zero good came out of that trade. Well, it uh, it made a dynasty for my favorite team, so I'm thankful. It did, make, it did do that. Yeah. How many years have you played fantasy football? Really? Now, I used I started helps uh when I was uh too young to play, I used to help my dad with his fantasy team and one year he was uh completely just horrible. So he just handed it to me to see what I could do and ended up making the championship. So you've been playing fantasy football since newspaper? I have. I have. Explains the postman. Yeah. That was <laughs> It was funny how they used to do it. They used to look at all the stats in the papers, and one guy had to do manual stat work on it. So there was a lot of fights going on, a lot of stat checking. That sounds really wild. And like, if that was still the system we used, Zach would it'd be like a full time job for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I couldn't even imagine doing it now. <laughs> Way too rough. Now, speaking of Zach, did you expect to score 60 points to win on Monday night, or were you sweating it the whole time? I actually thought I had a good chance. I knew I knew Watson was playing the Saints, and I knew he was probably going to put up around 30, which he did. The, the big question I had was Philip Lindsay. Uh, I didn't know really know what he was going to do. I didn't know how much he was going to play with Royce Freeman back there, but I knew Josh Jacobs was just uh, – he was going to get do the bell cow work for me. So it's pretty much all dependent on Phillip. Absolutely. I believe uh, Josh Jacobs had 23 carries for the Raiders the, last night. He did. That was huge. I actually turned the game off. I have a, have a pretty uh, bad superstition about watching my fantasy players play. So I tend to turn the games off and then just check back later on, see how they did. Now, you don't quite know this yet because this is your first year observing the way our fantasy league works, but we've had a lot, and I mean a lot, of Monday night miracles and heartbreaks. Yeah, definitely. I bet, um, I bet uh, yeah, last year, actually, the Rams and Chiefs game on Monday night, I was down 100 points in one of my leagues and I came back and won. Holy cow. I had, uh, I had, I had Goff. Kelsey and Kareem Hunt, actually. And they scored 100. Yep. <laughs> that guy, he was not happy. 
did you hear the reports on Tyreek Hill's collarbone injury? I read a little bit. I got a little. Um, I was listening a little bit more today. They said that he might go in the IR now, which I'm not too excited about. But hopefully that's not true. Because the last I read was about a few, couple weeks or so that he would be out. But did you did you hear about the details of that injury? What it was exactly? I did not. So Tyreek Hill had a dislocation of his collarbone on his chest cavity. Does not sound good at all. Yeah, can you imagine any? Can you imagine many injuries that sound more painful than that? No, that that pretty much takes the cake right there. When I read that. Um, when I was a child, I broke my collarbone, and I don't remember the pain, but I couldn't even imagine what it would feel like to have your collarbone disconnect from your chest cavity. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did not know that. That was... That sounds a little worse now than what I previously thought. Now, I don't think it requires surgery, but I can't imagine there's too many technicians who could, repl- like, place the bones back where they belong following that. That might explain the hospital visit. Yeah, you know, well, I got because I didn't actually watch that game. I just heard he got carted off on a stretcher, and I was like, "Really? <laughs> this is unbelievable right now." But hopefully, he'll be fine. It's kind of one of my big boys, so I'm gonna need him. Well, this morning when I put together my notes for this podcast, it seemed like it was just gonna be a couple weeks. Probably, it's probably going to be more like five, six, seven, maybe even, which would explain the IR move, which would put it at a minimum of eight. Yeah, gotcha. Well, yeah, the good news is if there's one team in the league that can handle an injury like that, it's mine. So. Absolutely, you have all the wide receivers. Yeah, <laughs> so hopefully that paid off. Now, what's a fun fact about you, Big Mike? As of last I checked, I was the only high school baseball player in Laramie to hit three home runs out of Cowboy Field in one game. Wow, that's very impressive. That was was probably one of my biggest claims to fame. (laughs) So you were hitting on a major league scale as like, I don't know, has Pete Alonso hit three in one game yet? I don't believe he has. He just hits a lot of homers. <laughs> he hits a lot of homers. I think last night he hit his 47th. Yeah, he hit. He actually hit two last night, I think. Hopefully, maybe he hit three last night. The last time I checked, he hit two. I think it was two. Um, I'm also in the fantasy playoffs in baseball. Good for you. He was crushing me last night, so... I have to be honest, uh, I'm pretty terrible at that, although I do find it very intriguing and I'd like to learn more about it. So I was very excited when you said you wanted to be a part of that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, baseball is probably my favorite fantasy sport. I like looking at stats. Kind of a stat guru, and that's pretty much all fantasy baseball is. Right, right. Do you have any questions of me? Head. Not a I one. Did, I did know, not know that interceptions were minus two. I thought they were minus one. So when just Sean Watson threw that pick last night, I thought that was pretty much ball game for me. Mm. I thought I was going to lose by one point, and that was going to be the cause of it. I think the standard is two, though, is it not? It might be. It might be. All the, all the leagues that... I'm half bidding. I think they've changed it to minus one. Oh. For it. So we're, hey, pretty much the same quarterback. Uh, everything's the same usually for quarterbacks. And then oh, I think we switched it to minus one instead of minus two. Fumbles are also minus two in our league, if you didn't know that. Yep, I saw that. I saw that one. That one, yeah, fumbles in every league I've played in has been minus two. So. Oh, okay. I was uh, read that one. I kind of just skimmed the rule book 
this year and really like go full force into it. But I should probably do that at some point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, why did you want to join our league specifically? Uh, I want to join. Uh, I'm with uh, Zach on the sidelines of the LHS games quite a few times. And him, Clues, and Mitchell are always talking fantasy. And sounded like this league was pretty solid. So I wanted to kind of test my... Uh, Test my fantasy prowess in there. Test your metal, if you would. Yeah, and then when Zach asked, I was like, oh yeah, I'm in. Well, we really... Always a a good time beating up on Stewart, too. (laughs) And we really appreciate you joining because you seem very dedicated to fantasy sports in general, and uh, we we need people like that because this has been a long-standing tradition of ours, and we really, really enjoy it, and... Obviously, it's gotten to the point where now I'm doing a podcast because I'm so obsessed with it every year. Yeah, the podcast thing is pretty impressive. And Thank you. I did. I was not expecting that when that first one popped up. I was like, no way. This is, this is like a real thing. This is really cool. I, I, I've been listening to a lot of them lately, and uh, I just I, I have a semi-music background. Um. I do a lot of interviews at work, and I felt like it was, you know, I've listened to a lot of podcasts. I figured, you know what, I can do this, and to tailor it for our fantasy league, which I care so much about, just seemed like a very good idea to me. I don't know. Yeah, definitely, and really good, too. Thank you. You you are a solid host of the podcast. Well, I'm hoping to get everybody on, and I, I wanted to make you one of the earlier guests because I don't feel like very many of us know a lot about you. Uh, because you are a new addition, so I wanted to make sure I got some of those questions in there so we could get to know you a little better. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I've been waiting. Anything else you'd like to add? Maybe some shots at uh, Luke Stewart since he decided to take one at the entire league. Yeah, uh, week three? Yeah, that guy's going down. There's nothing else I can say about it. Cole's, Cole's my first two picks hellacious. Like, I felt like that was kind of a low blow, you know, coming out of nowhere. But I'm, I'm really pumped for that one. That is the game I'm looking forward to the most right now. He, he kind of re- like that uh, college football. You got like that uh, in-between game before you play the person you really want. So you kind of overlook it. <laughs> kind of doing that at the moment, so... Trap game. Yep, trap game. <laughs> so, Stewart might be in. Uh, might be good this week. I'm not sure. My head's looking forward. You you might take out both Stewarts in three weeks. <laughs> yeah, that's the plan. That's the goal. <laughs> that is the goal. Luke really has appeared to ruffle some feathers, and I think it's added some competition to this year. Um, he put his money where his mouth was. He outscored the previous two-time league champ by what was it 90 points he, he definitely had a solid week for sure old chalupa you know came in hot the first week he's gonna have to continue that though he will especially because he just took another shot at bill this morning <laughs> i read that i read that i was laughing I was, I was gonna make a comment but figured i'd just let my uh a fantasy do, team do the talking for me. So. Let it speak for itself. <laughs> All right, Big Mike. Well, uh, thank you very much for this time that you've spent interviewing with me. Uh, I'm sure everyone looks forward to hearing this interview. I should be posting this tomorrow morning, maybe even tonight. We'll see how things go on the editing side. Perfect, yeah. Thanks for having me. Anything yeah. else you'd like to add to everybody else or say to everyone else? Yeah, be, be prepared. You don't want the new guy coming and winning. It's first year. You know, it's, it wouldn't look too good. So, <laughs> so respect your respect respect your prowess as a fantasy professional, basically. Exactly. I'm coming coming to win. There's there's, there's no no second place. Anything less than first going to be a lose for me. So. All right, a Ricky Bobby quote to end it. Thank you once again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's fun.
Absolutely. All right. I was racking my brain this morning. I didn't feel like the podcast was long enough. I also was a little bit inebriated. You are going to hear that in the next section. Anyway, I thought I'd throw in a segment called the Top Teams of History. Basically, I'm going to take a look at 2018 Week 1 and compare it to 2019 Week 1. If you have any suggestions for segments, that would be greatly appreciated. I realized this morning and last night when I was racking my brain that the people who come up with that stuff are very talented, and TV discussion points must be very difficult. Now, let's start this off. 2018 Week 1, average starting quarterback scored you 25.21 points. The outliers in Week 1 last year, we all remember Fitzmagic. Tyrod Taylor was also a number one quarterback in week one last year. Shortly after that, Baker took over, of course. Running backs in week one last year, starters, so the top 24, scored an average of 21.17 points. That's pretty good. And the outliers, Jay Jai was an RB1, and Javorius Allen was an RB2. For those of you who do not remember, he was a running back for the Ravens. He might even still be on the team. I'm not sure. The wide receivers averaged an average score for the top 24 wide receivers was 23.55 points in week one last year. Outliers being Golden Tate as a wide receiver one and Quincy Anunwa as a wide receiver two. Taking it the a look at the list of the receivers. They seem to be more consistent year to year. In the running back category, the top 24 had a lot of names that weren't very consistent, whereas the wide receivers, their production seemed to be very consistent throughout the season. Tight ends averaged 12.69 points in the top 12. Outlier last year, of course, was Will Disley of the Seahawks. I don't know if any of you remember that. I had him on my team. Defense average, 15.25, and kicker average, 11.41. Now this brings us to 2019. The quarterback average was 26.76, which is a point and a half higher than 2018. Running back average, 20.54, which is a point lower than last year. And wide receivers averaged... Two points higher, 25.52. There has to be more passing this year than last, at least in week one, which would make sense. It seems as though the college game is sprinkling more and more into the NFL, and we are seeing a lot more passing in all of these offenses. Tight ends are shockingly five points better this year. You would think with George Kittle, Zach Ertz, and Travis Kelsey, that this number this year would be smaller. Although, maybe tight ends are going to be more consistent this year. Or maybe we're, we're going to be able to use more of them. I know it's only one week. We'll see where it goes. Tight ends are at 17.63. So a whole five points better. That is a shocking stat to me. And it might also have something to do with the passing increase. Defense, they're a point worse than last year, 14.25 points. Maybe that as well has something to do with a more open offense. And kickers are a point better than last year, but I'm sure if you extrapolate this over multiple seasons, kickers are around 11, 12, 10 points every year, every week. Now let's do another segment. Try to make this a weekly one. Backfield report. We were offered no clarity on Thursday night of the Bears' backfield whatsoever. Mike Davis had five carries, seven targets, and six receptions. David Montgomery had six carries, one target, and one catch. While Tariq Cohen had zero carries, ten targets, and eight receptions, so he's more of a wide receiver. It will be interesting to see what happens next week with these guys, whether or not David Montgomery gets some more run. He looked a lot shiftier 
than the other two. We'll see if he can turn that into production. Now, it's obvious that, that Geis will be the guy in Washington when healthy, but that's also the problem. Ten carries, three targets, and three receptions for Darius Geis. Three carries, ten targets, and seven catches for Chris Thompson. And zeros across the board for Adrian Peterson as he was a healthy scratch from the game. Now, with the Darius Geis knee injury, expect Adrian Peterson to play and to get a bulk of the carries next week. Chris Thompson will still be getting plenty of work on third down. Although, who knows what the Redskins' offense actually is. They shocked everyone by performing as well as they did on Sunday. And the Eagles, sadly, are still instituting a running back by committee. Great for them, poor for us. Nine targets, or excuse me, nine carries, three targets, three receptions for Darren Sproles. Six carries, three targets, two receptions for Jordan Howard, and 11 carries, two targets, and one reception for Miles Sanders. Hopefully one of these backs emerges. As history goes with the Eagles lately, I, didn't, I don't see that being a thing. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Miles Sanders had the most percentage of snaps on Sunday. We'll see if he can kick it into high gear. Devin Singletary is obviously very talented. He had four carries, six targets, and five receptions. Frank Gore, on the other hand, had 11 carries, zero targets, and zero receptions. It appears it's going to be an even split on carries with a bit more of the carries going to Gore, whereas Singletary will be more of a receiving back for the time being. And you probably don't want to start either of the Dolphins' running backs, but here you go. Seems to be an even split. Kenyon Drake... Four carries, three targets, two receptions. And Kalen Balaj, five carries, one target, one reception. Pretty abysmal for the Dolphins, as you noticed by the box score. Another even split, at least on the carries front. LaShawn McCoy with 10 carries, one target, one reception. And Damian Williams with 13 carries, six targets, and six receptions. Williams is still the running back you want. He is going to have an impact in the passing game. For now, it appears he is the better back for fantasy. Not shockingly, Raheem Mostert. I know that's another name not a lot of you guys know. or Maybe you do. I might be selling you short. He got some work with the Niners. Tevin Coleman's injury also opens up some more work for Mostert and Matt Breda. Mostert had nine carries, one target, one reception. Breda had 15 carries, one target, zero receptions. Coleman had six carries, three targets, and two receptions. So it's very apparent when Coleman is in the game, he is going to be the receiving back. Another even split. These are just unfortunate. Although, I can't imagine too many of you guys are starting these two players. Ronald Jones' second looked better, if you want to use that word. He had 13 carries, one target, and one reception. Whereas Peyton Barber had eight carries, four targets, and two receptions. And I don't know why I'm shocked, but the Patriots continue to use a three-headed monster. Sonny Michel, 15 carries, looked abysmal, but that's a lot of work. Hopefully he tightens that up. Zero targets and zero receptions. James White, four carries, seven targets, five receptions. And Rex Burkhead, eight carries, eight targets, five receptions. Now, Monday night, Carlos Hyde actually shocked me. He ran like a man who's motivated. He looked good. Ten carries, one target, one reception. Duke Johnson, nine carries, five targets, four receptions. Johnson will continue to have a passing role in this offense, making him a better PPR option, I believe. And another even split. Once again, it's not good for fantasy owners, but it is great for the team. Royce Freeman. 10 carries, 1 target, 1 reception. Philip Lindsay, 11 carries, 6 targets, 4 receptions. Luckily, Lindsay is still a receiving back in PPR. I much prefer him over Freeman. And I hope you guys enjoyed these segments. I'm going to try to get a little more creative and discover some other ones. I didn't realize how long it takes to research and format stats to make them usable. It is very time-intensive. I have spent 
probably five hours on this podcast, just getting it ready, preparing it. And no wonder there are a plethora of stat nerds at ESPN and NFL headquarters because, my God, that is a lot of Excel that I have done. I'm going to cut it to a break. They say that if it works, don't fix it. Go against the law, might get a bit risky. No offense to y'all, but I feel a bit gifted. So I think my odds are about 50-50. Crispy. Okay, Corral, we about to put it down. Take the ten and turn around. Go and pull your pistols out. But what is this about? All these grenades and handguns. Magnus for Magnus. Strong set of hands, son. Tall, dark, handsome. Holding y'all for ransom. Strong arm, Lance. So scared that he can't run. Because when a man comes face to face with a spear. Last week. Didn't do so hot. Matthew Barry actually knows what he's doing. I predicted Brandon Cooks correctly. I predicted OJ Howard correctly. Yeah, I didn't do too bad. But let's pick on Field Yates this week. Unfortunately, the week two discussion points. The week two rankings have not been released yet. So I can't pick on him quite yet. Expect a supplemental entry into the Gem City Gridiron Roundup. Expect it in the comments or in a supplemental audio post. Whatever is more convenient for me is what I'm going to do. If I'm able to create a supplemental audio post, I will do so. If not, it will be in the comments of this post onto the Facebook page. Once again, you can submit your voicemail suggestions or voicemail opinions to Anchor FM. I previously annotated that in the last episode or advertised that in the last episode. But... That's about it, folks. I'm shocked this didn't go to full hour. I'm almost apologizing it didn't go a full hour. If I hadn't have drank so much today, it might have gone a full hour. But this is all you're going to get for now. I appreciate you listening and providing your feedback for this podcast. I will do my best to create more blunders, more successes, more topics to evaluate on. Your input would greatly be appreciated in these matters. But anyway, thank you once again for tuning in to the Gem City Gridiron Roundup podcast. And I look forward to hearing your input in further episodes. Thank you, and congratulations to our winners, and good luck in week two, folks. Power 106. Got some brand new music. I need you to turn it up and let me know what you think. It's Lloyd called Oakland on Power 106. I was making Japanese, and she's watching DVDs.
And a nigga don't like that shit at all So treat it Can we just roll with the feeling? Can we just roll for a minute? Wait a minute Foot on the gas I'm just trying to pass All the red lights And the stop signs I'm ready to go But I'm really not ready, girl, that's the problem Cause I'm way too scared to fall And I know you choose to stay now All the girlfriends saying, here we go again Rich kid, but he act like a gentleman Last one didn't end like it should've been Two dates and he still wanna get it in And they saying it's because of the internet Try once and it's on to the next chick X or the old face on your exes, right? And we can do the same thing if you wanna have at it When your thoughts can't breathe and you're thinking asthmatic And you wanna be a mom and I wasn't mad at it I was thinking about me, I'd be really bad at it Cause I'm thinking about me Weeks in Dubai, 4th of July, house in Kauai Yeah, we can try So let's try So the fuck I'm supposed to do in Oakland, in Oakland